0: What's going on, family? Make sure you get over to the regular network on YouTube, man. We started a new venture, man. It's a great network. We have great content. Get over, support, subscribe, share, comment, like everything you see, man. Alright, what's going on, family? We back for another episode of Expanding Culture with Kilo, man. I got a special guest in the building, the Great King. Brother, peace, Brother King, peace. how you feeling, man?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for the invite, and um, I'm ready to get into it.
0: All right, can you give a quick intro yourself, man? What, what's your name? Where you come from? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so so you know, as it is, I got a lot of names. Um, the on Twitter Twitter, I'm Great King Black State self self founded. Black social media platform. I'm Great King Black State. Um, when I wrote the book, Black State of America, that's written under RSLDJ, which, which are actually my uh, initials. It's a pseudonym of my initials, an anagram. And then when I recorded the music, I recorded that under King Grady. Um, so if you find me on Twitter or if you jump on Blab Bar, you can definitely sort of track and trace what all those names mean. Um, mm-hmm. essentially the gray comes from the beard. Um, I, I've been a truck driver for wow, over 20 years now. And, um, I had a near fatal accident about seven years ago, almost died in a truck and I never grew a full beard. Like, like it is today. I always kept it trim, neat, you know, goatees, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was such a Life altering event um, should have been paralyzed, probably shouldn't even have survived it, that I told myself um, I was just going to let it grow out. And and this was going to be a part of my uh, next chapter in life. Yeah. And um, so the book sort of comes out of me having some because some, uh, it took me about three years to get back to work. Um, and then I had winters off. So I had all this free time. I really wasn't a social media person um, because I've always worked and I've always owned side businesses. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I've I've got some rental property. I've owned uh, two bars. And then I also owned uh, a burger restaurant as well um, at different times. Um, and I'm actually working on another bar right now. So <clears throat> I expect that to be open shortly after the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, The pandemic has slowed down a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs' um, situations just because of the way the government is set up, slowed everything down. But um, I jumped on social media just because I had all this free time. And what I noticed initially on Facebook was a lot of, um, I'll, I'll call them activists online a lot of our people. And, and so I'm friending different people. And then I'm noticing that, you know, these black issues are are becoming more and more apparent, more and more apparent. Um, But, but what I'm seeing is people are repeating the same questions. They're sort of almost seem like they're stuck in a loop. And so it, it sort of was a desire to break that loop, that political loop that it seemed like Black people were stuck in, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so the book comes out of um, you know, these thoughts that I've had 20 years ago, to be honest, um, about blacks, blacks in America um, essentially self-governing ourselves in one way, shape or another. And because of driving in these trucks for so long, listening to a lot of right-wing talk show, Republican talk shows, and just really understanding who they are and how they think, Mm -hmm. and and really the difference between the way that they think and the way that the Democrats think, and really applying that, that independent thought process to Black America, um, essentially, you know, I, I spent three months writing a book, self-published it and did as much promotion as I could. Facebook started banning my post because people were reporting it. They started blocking my groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because of the frustration of that, I gravitated towards Twitter, um, had never been on Twitter. Um, didn't really understand it when I first got on there. But I but I stuck in because I like Facebook, it was over for me and Instagram. I, I really still don't even understand that at all. But <laughs> Twitter, after I got it, after I understood it, um it, it was just like an eye-opener of how quick the information um is distributed on Twitter and, and actually is distributed way faster than almost any other form that I could that I can think of. Um yeah. So it's like instant information and mm-hmm. and able to build these connections with different people. Originally, I had a screen name of black state of USA and Twitter snatched that from me, suspended it, permanently blocked it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was because I was I was tweeting at the, the white checks or the blue checks. and it was a lesson that you know they they have this algorithm that protects those people. You can't tweet at them. Right. Um, so I, I what I do now is I'll screenshot something that I don't like, and then I'll comment based on the screenshot. But I don't tweet at them at all because that's just the way it's set up. Mm. Um, and initially, you know, they were like, if you used the, if you even use the word white, you were getting like three day suspensions. Mm -hmm. But I figured that out, too, where I use the word white all the time because it is what it is, what it is. It's the racial classification. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just call it like it is on there. I I, I don't pull any punches um, because the information I try to distribute is as factual as it can be as, as, as far as I am aware. And then if if I get new information, I update it and I try to you know, have this continuous stream of, of factual information.
0: Mm. Um, Let's step back real quick. Where Where are you from? Where are you from in the country?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm real close to you. You on the other side of the border, um, mm-hmm. right in Western Pennsylvania, um, born and raised, grew up here, family from here.
0: What Although, part of PA? Uh, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh area. Okay. now nah, my family is from PA. I, I grew up in Ohio, but my family is actually from Mercer County. Most yeah, Mercer, not too far from here, right? Right, definitely. Yeah, that's so we from really like the same area. That's my family is from there. They've been there for a hundred years, really. A lot of a lot of my own family been there for like a hundred years. More a lot of us nice. moving down here now in Atlanta. But in oh, America, that's where you're, you're in Atlanta now. I live in Atlanta now, but I grew up in Ohio. But I was back and forth from PA to Ohio like my whole life. Though,
1: gotcha. Okay, okay, yeah, because I, I I think. Somewhere we talked, I thought you were from like Youngstown or something like that. Yeah, I'm from uh, Youngstown, yeah. Youngstown,
0: yeah. That's where I grew up at. But yeah, my family, like I was the f- I was the first of the generation to grow up in Youngstown. Everybody else, my mom, her generation, their parents, grandparents, they all grew up in Mercer County and stuff like that. So
1: nice. And my so my family, real big like that. We ended up in Detroit, DC. Okay. A lot of us in Texas, um, really scattered out because. were like 15 16 original uh brothers and sisters and then my grandmother had 15 or 16 brothers and sisters you know Mm. so it's a real big family
0: yeah
1: i I just started the process of of ancestry and i'm gonna try to bring some of it together um just because we are so spread out but
0: that was that was like some of my best uh like some of the best something that was probably the best thing I feel like I could have done over these last couple of years. I got deep into starting to trace my family back as far as I could find it online. Mm-hmm. Pretty much on, you know, ancestry.com. They go and do once you, I did the free trial, right? The free trial right. where you get the most extensive uh, package that they have and just did a whole bunch of research for two straight weeks and went as far back as I could with um with my black side and then the found the rapist took that Mm. person all the way back to England, really. Wow! And uh, I just got a whole bunch of information. I want to package it up and put it together and give it out to my family because it's like so much amazing information. I got, you know, uh, marriage certificates from the 1800s and land deed stuff where my people (laughs) bought land, you know, all type of stuff. You could find it. That's probably the most like uh, fulfilling thing I could have done really. Because that really just, I I don't even, I think... um, I don't remember what got me into it, but when I when I see stuff like and I don't even know if you know about this uh, Avatar on um, Nickelodeon, the, the Last Airbender. Okay. I watched stuff like that. I watched uh, Luke Cage the second season when he when they were going heavy into their Jamaican ancestry. I'm like, man, that's wow. I need to get into mine because so right. when you see other people, they could trace their family back so far, and if they right. if they come from a non um, enslaved people, they can go back a thousand years easily. Mm. So I'm like, man, I need to go back as far as I can, at least. You know, stuff start to break down when you when you crack that 1870 threshold, where they, you know, the records were shaky when it comes to black people in America. But uh, I was gonna ask you about your your background, ethnic well, ethnic wise. But I see you got the AOS flag behind you. So, uh,
1: yeah. So so the flag behind me now this is the Black State of America flag, and if you notice, it? yeah, if you notice the redesign because they have a white. Uh, store yeah. and a store burst. Yes, I
0: see. This is the thing. I was seeing the black, but I guess because I follow you, it was yours that I was seeing. I just thought everybody had adopted that flag, but it's not yours. It.
1: We flipped it because, and, and, and there's a reason. Um, when it comes to flag design, there is no copyright. This is this is a part of U.S. law, right? But we also wanted to remove the white, um, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And and make it more revolutionary. And so these are these are the colors: the, the red, the black, and the blue, um, which mm-hmm. which we are saying we need to use to represent Black America to show the difference between us and them. Yeah,
0: I like the you flag. Know? But I was only only brought it up because I was going to ask if you if your family was from here before um, the Civil War. But I'm assuming that's a yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So my great, so I just started ancestry. I was up at two in the morning last night. Um, I had just put the credit card online mm-hmm. because one Twitter space I was in, they were talking about. It. I'm like, man, you know, I've been sort of holding off on it, and I've I found a couple leafs, but my great great grandmother was fifty percent Cherokee. Okay, and so, you know, through her side, especially, this is where the lighter skin comes in um and more than likely because of the enslavement like you said the 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 rapist um on that side of the the family tree my great 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 grandfather was i'll put him in like a denzel complexion Mm -hmm. Um, he was a muslim um and he actually changed our family name to a to a muslim last name so i do have a muslim lineage in my family and that and, and that probably dates back to i gotta assume this was pre-60s you know 50s era where he did that and um and then and then you know a lot of my family's christian like most black families or grew up in a church like that so i'm i'm a i'm a black universalist Mm -hmm. that's my religious philosophy and it is it is god is the universe universe is god i don't really Um, concern myself with religious philosophies as much as I want to know where the where where these religions came from what are what are the origins Mm -hmm. what's the story behind them and what's the original interpretation of the words Um, because that's that's the probably the biggest problem you know we know about the slave bible and, and things of that nature but it was that religion was used as a tool against our people Right. Um, and and it doesn't matter if you're dealing with if you're talking about Arabs or uh, Europeans um, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So,
0: um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that, because um, I, I studied I still study etymology now. But, you know, looking at even not even just words, but I got this book a long time ago it was free on Amazon and I was shocked on the mm-hmm. Kindle app. It's called the esoteric learnings of the letters. It tells you where the letters themselves come from. So that's wow. when you start to see like that the history of letters will tell you why the words started the way they started back in the day and all that good stuff. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, in, I'm into that too. And um, it is interesting. Cause every group of people should have their own religion, just like you have your own culture. You support, it wouldn't make sense for you to adopt you, you to say you have your own culture, but then you took somebody else's entire belief system and God from them. It, mm-hmm. you, you can't be yourself. You'll be them. Without even realizing that you're them, or a copy of them, right. yeah. So pretty much, I want to know um, how long have you been into? I guess uh, black consciousness, or there's really not a better word for it. I'll just say black consciousness. Really, how long you been into? It?
1: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I grew up during a time when when rap music was black consciousness. To be right. perfect and honest, um, so we kind of grew up with it. Um, And then it shifted, you know, and it shifted right at the time that I was turning from a teenager into a man. And so I remember being like 15, 14, 15 with the with the Malcolm X autobiography. But at the same time, I was I was shifting towards uh uh, like a gangster rap mentality, shifting into the street life. Mm -hmm. And so that which, which I'm sure has affected a lot of us. It shifted me away from that into that lifestyle. Luckily enough, I came through it unscathed. And, right. you know, um, when when I, when I became an adult at 18, I just shifted right back into like normal society for the most part, you know, just a working class individual. Um, I got my first house when I was 23 and then I started driving trucks. Actually, as it was my first business um was, was a truck. Um and and that was at 23 as well. So um yeah, I mean, I, I kind of because I had entrepreneurial aspirations really my whole life, even as a kid, the trucking industry is really good for people who are can self manage and self-motivate. Um, you know, and, and who just have a self mechanism to to get the job done if you're if you're if you're not able to manage yourself it's probably not the the best place to be but um it has all of the attributes of being either a manager and or an entrepreneur um because you're you're driving that truck you're in charge you are everything the ceo the janitor you know in terms of that vehicle moving down the highway so Um, it was just like a natural fit, you know what I mean? And, um, and then, like I said, I've, I've, I've picked up some properties along the way and I I, I stepped away for a couple of years to start the first bar. The second bar, I kind of did both. And then when I hit the burger restaurant, that's, that was after that accident. So I, so I was kind of focused on that, but then I got back into trucking and, um, and I've sold each business as I've walked away from them. Mm -hmm. You know, and this time around, I'm probably going to do both. I, 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 since I'm planning to move, and migrate, which this is what the book is all about, and this is what my life has been all about, is this black migration. Mm -hmm. Since I'm planning to migrate, um, you know, I kind of want to have, the bar on 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 this part of the country, and then be able to establish another one, when I do make that move, and um, and and have like a, very focused political aspect
0: to it all. All (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. I like you probably in the, were you between 40 and 50 years old? I just turned 47. Okay, yeah, because you're writing on my my uncle's generation and I feel what you're saying because that whole rap, rap being the soundtrack to which y'all grew up to, what a lot of us grew up to, it was very different in the um, late 80s, early 90s. And that's -hmm. the same thing he did because he's just like that where he was growing up when rap changed, but he was still old enough to hear it before it changed. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was born in 90s, so I really, I was a baby infant when KRS-One was like, you know, I, I got to listen to that because my dad was playing it. So I mm. was I was hearing the X-Clan and them, but I was so young, but clearly it stuck with me because this is the stuff that I'm into now, you know, right. hearing, hearing those tapes early, even him giving me the tapes when I was four or five years old and stuff like that, so it stuck with me enough that I, that I found my way back to it. And I've been in this lane for probably about 10 years now coming up on it. Oh, wow. And I'm 30 now, 31 now. So, you know, I got in early and like you, you know, got my first house at 20 and, yeah. but you know, I, I was in the military though. So I wasn't able to shake off certain things. So I got in a little situation, but I'm, I'm back now, you know, okay. but okay. resilience is, is, is what we need to come. We, we got it baked into our DNA. So, Right. You know, I, I activated it when the time came. You understand? Right. Um, so a lot of a lot of people say they can see what the issue is with black people in America. Right. A lot of us know what the what different we got a lot of problems, but a lot of us can point out the problems. But you said, I see a way for us to, like, get out of it or at least start working towards a solution. But you have right. a full solution, which is a good solution. Right. So. Talk to me about the solution that you came up with and um, how did you come to that?
1: Okay, um, let me go back to the music. I want to shout out Chuck D, Public Enemy, and Ice Cube because, to be honest, they were extremely revolutionary. And Cube came at it from a street angle when he hooked up with Chuck D and Public Enemy. But Public Enemy uh, probably was like the pinnacle of of Black power um, during that time. Fight the Power. Don't can't you know can't trust it like they they got some anthems man I still listen to that music is very powerful but um so black state of America is a political movement and it is a migration movement. and And it's all about establishing black majority voter ruled states. And. And and the reason is because America, or the United States, to put it uh, uh, more succinctly, it is a a collection of states, and each state has its own power and authority. And over the last few years, when when, uh, Trump and the governor of California, Trump and the governor of New York, just recently the governor in Colorado who commuted this 110-year sentence, down to 10 years, mm-hmm. um, there are so many examples over the last few years of governors telling the federal government, no,
0: it's you know, not. Whatever it is that you want, it's not gonna happen. Let me, let, me, let me cut in here real quick, because I've been yeah. trying to, I'm glad you saying that, because I've been trying to tell people they will let a black woman in the White House long before they let one become a governor, especially one who was attempting to do something specifically for black people, because a governor has way more power, absolutely. Than any other elected official, because they're the top of the state, and the top of the state doesn't—that's not the chain of command. Is not governor, or president. It's governor, and the president is a whole different chain of command.
1: Absolutely, they, they have
0: as much power as you can have as an elected official. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yes, because the state and the federal government share power, and whatever power the federal government doesn't have, it is reserved to the states. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the states are are really all powerful in this country. The federal government's like a like a big brother is is how I look at them, um, or a babysitter even would be a better way to look at them. Where you as the state, you control what goes on in your house. The federal government, as the babysitter, is essentially watching over you. Um, they kick back a they kick back billions of dollars annually to each of these states. Um, but, however, they don't—they can't dictate to you what you do in your house. They right. really have to, re, you know. Everything has remained in in constitutional law. There's so many protections in being a black majority state, um, and those protections can be extended to our people. It it would give us control over our tax base, which the black tax base—we've never had control over it. Um, it, you know, through our enslavement, it was 100% taxation. We had no, no, no control at, at all whatsoever. They took everything. Now what they take, we still don't have control over it. We don't have a voice. We don't even have representatives because the Congressional Black Caucus does not represent us. They don't represent our interests. They, they, they recently issued a letter Where they said they represent 80 million others and 17 million Black Americans, and an 80 to 17 ratio, especially when you understand that most of the money they get comes from corporations, white-owned corporations, and donors, et cetera, they're they're really telling you in a very clear way that you are at the bottom of their priorities. This is how they've operated. This is how they will continue to operate. And the only way that we change it is by concentrating our vote inside of these states where we already have a high percentage of Black people, and it's a low overall population. So, for example, the, the state that I focus on the most is the state of Delaware. It's a state that has less than a million population. With 300,000 new black voters, we could take over two out of three counties of this state. And by controlling two out of three counties, we would, we would be able to control the entire state because in all state elections, we would have the majority votes. Once we have the governorship, majority of the state uh, legislatures, and also we would actually control our US Senate tours, because you get two. Currently, Delaware has one rep, but as we add population, more than likely that would that would boost up to two or three reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they would be black agenda focused, loyal to their citizens, they 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 don't they're not gonna have a majority of white citizens anymore. Their majority is black citizens they can go to Washington and fight for us, but our governor, because he's a black agenda, black first governor is gonna fight for us every single day anyway. (laughs) It it usurps and circumvents all of this white supremacy um, control over our lives. States can establish banks, can establish their own banks Mm. to loan to their citizens, I think it's, I think North Dakota is one of the only states in the country that has a state-based bank. Um, they, they establish contracts with their citizens. So not only can they train our citizens on how to, how to um, apply for contracts and grants, et cetera, et cetera, but they can train you on how to develop the skills in order to service those state-based contracts. And, and again, a lot of that money comes from the federal government because you got to maintain roads, bridges, tunnels, highways, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Are you familiar Um, with Maynard Jackson before you keep going? Maynard Jackson, that sounds familiar. Maynard Jackson is the the revolutionary mayor of Atlanta from like the 70s. He's the first one to put in place any government contracts in this city involving anything. The 25% of them have to go to Black people. Quotas,
1: okay.
0: They said they said like minorities or whatever, but that meant back in those, of course that meant black people back then. Now they, a lot of people are minorities now, but back then that just straight up meant black people. So he was the first one in a state, like what you described in like Delaware, if we had majority, yes. they could the, the, the governor could say contracting um, um, demographics and where they go need to match the state. So they don't Great. even have to, you know, they could play the game. But right. they can word it the way that these people have been wording it against us for a long time. They play, they play legal games and they use um, language to make it so we don't get things. So our governor in Delaware and then in the other states that you name, Louisiana, Alabama, and um, Mississippi, could do the same thing. Government contracts, which are the largest contracts in pretty much any state, anywhere yes. pretty much yes. billions of dollars we're talking about. Yes. Um, the breakdown of those contracts need to match the city's demographic or the state's demographic, because that's even better. The state's demographics, because some of these cities, you know, they're not black. A lot of black people concentrate in major cities and we don't have too big of a. That's the difference between like Louisiana and Mississippi. They have massive black rural populations. Right. That's why the black population of Louisiana is so high. 47 percent or some crazy like that. Because of the rural things, not just like New Orleans and or Baton Rouge, they have black people everywhere you go in Louisiana. Right. And um, all right, so go ahead back into what you're saying. I'm digging. I'm digging.
1: Yeah, so quotas, interesting thing about quotas in, in, in the word minority. So, in the 1964 civil rights legislation, the way that they got it passed was white women were declared minorities. This has been from day one. This is why white women have benefited from every minority policy across the country from day one, all the affirmative action. The majority of it all goes to white women, just so we so we are are on board with that. And what happens with these contracts is the white husband will make his white wife a partner in the corporation and she can come in and get all these contracts. But the but the money goes to white
0: people. Um, I know the this thing to about be a fact. I work in HVAC, um, commercial HVAC, right? I was in okay. sales. I'm in IT now, I'm a programmer now. But in sales, there's this massive HVAC company based in Atlanta, right? Okay. They have. So what they so when Maynard Jackson, all these black mayors started doing what I just said, what they mm-hmm. they started a company under them. That's a black owned company. Then he started the daughter of the owner of the big company started one,
1: but it's yeah. all shell
0: companies. They don't have right. any employees. They just right. paperwork purposes. Everything goes to the big company. And me right. seeing that, I didn't notice it at first. But, you know, sometimes when, when white people think you, I don't know what they think about, they'll just start telling you stuff. Right. So he told me, yeah, they started those companies to get those contracts. To get all of These government, you know, contracts. So now the black company that they started under them they get every single Delta Airlines HVAC. Con- they, they have a, mm. like a lifetime deal, all nice. Delta Airlines. So now Delta looks like, hey, yeah, we work with this black company that does all our HVAC. Really, exactly. it's this black company that there's a there's a black right. face, but it's a white company. You right. know, I posed this question on my podcast a couple of years ago about um if somebody approached you with that as a black person, would you take that money to be the face yeah. of a white company? Because that's tough. I- I've known two people that have done that. I, when I when I drove a
1: cement truck, it was a former black driver. They put him in the same position. He he becomes the CEO of the trucking portion of their business. They run all the contracts through him. Mm. Another guy who had a bunch of dump trucks, same thing. Um, and actually, I know a third a, a black woman who started a a, a triaxle dump truck company, and and they're getting state contracts, and it's the same thing. They just run it through them. Yeah. Um. So that so that they can get those 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 contracts. Dirty game, man. Okay, go yeah. Ahead and continue. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so here's 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 what's important about a city, county, and state. Um. In Cleveland and Detroit, when those mayors—Cleveland had the first black mayor. Detroit, I believe, was was probably second-ish in that general time frame. But so what happens is white society. They start divesting and the mayor doesn't have enough authority to stop it, to slow it down. They start white flighting out to the suburbs mm. um, and, and pulling their money out. And this is what created huge ghettos is, is the only way to describe it in, in areas where we had our first black mayors because they were trying to change things for us. The problem is The county is going to work against you if it's not uh, uh, controlled by Black people. And then ultimately, the state is always going to work against Black initiatives that are meant to protect our people. And so so while you may have some levels of success, it's never going to meet or match what, what can happen when we have Black state authority across the board because were able to protect these businesses from divestment. Like we, you can actually um, take take a black attorney general right now, Lee Merritt's running for attorney general in the state of Texas. I, I wish him the best in that endeavor. However, if he was running in a black majority state, he'd be able to go after these white corporations. If they tried to dis- destabilize a black economy or, you know, um, all of the corruption, like you can go back, look at past contracts. There's there's just so many things that we can do, so many avenues to figure out what they've been doing and go after them for it, you know. Um, And and, and ultimately, the most important part is training our people, protecting our people. Those are the things that we haven't been able to do. And because the state is the largest economic generator in any state. There's no, there's no company ever in any state that's going to be bigger than a state. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they generate wealth. This is how white people have gotten wealthy because the state has essentially set them up for wealth. We can do the same thing for our people. This is what we have to do. Integration as a 60-year experiment 55 years whatever it's been coupled with the genocidal abortion of our people has really decimated our or political authority in this country we're diluted we're struggling to survive they say our wealth will hit zero um I, I think originally it was 2053 mm-hmm. um however they say the pandemic has 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 sped that up. I posted a, a news story that said 3.5 million Black Americans or have a negative wealth in this country at this point. Mm-hmm. So it accelerated that process for others faster than others, if you will, people that were already at mm-hmm. the tipping point. Um, so so we gotta we gotta get control over it, and this is how we do it. You mentioned the LAM, L-A-M, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. So that is a an organization that I, actually they found me because of my advocacy. They are an organization called the Mahali Party, MahaliParty.org. Um, and you just spell it like Mah, M-A-H, Ali, like Muhammad Ali Party.org. Mm-hmm. And they, they advocate for these three states to become a black nation. They have designs and goals on the same black migration strategy to fill up these states, but ultimately they, they, they wanna become their own country. They want to develop a secession from the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a different strategy than what black state of America has. Um, in its heart, but it's similar enough that we vibe, we connect, Um, I recruit for them all the time, because down in that area, they're going to need assistance, and they're going to need sort of a buffer between themselves and the rest of the United States. Black state of America, we we cover the entire Black Belt, um, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, South Carolina, Maryland, Delaware, and potentially um, we'd like to see D.C. return to the state of Maryland to boost up the black numbers in the state of Maryland because we don't believe that they're ever going to become a state right. so that they have real representation um, um, for like three hundred, four hundred thousand 400,000 black citizens that live in the D.C. area. I know the numbers; the numbers have been dwindling over time because mm-hmm. um, they used to be the majority but now i think they're they're in the 40s 40 40% percent or whatever yeah um and then virginia and north carolina or or states that have really high populations they have significant black populations but it's not enough and north carolina actually is much worse than virginia at this point um, because so many white white families have been moving into North Carolina, they're, they're, the gentrification in North Carolina has been going on for like twenty years, possibly mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Um, so that's another issue: gentrification across the country, which is pushing black people out of these urban centers mm-hmm. um, all over the country. My neighborhood is is that that was historically black is no longer that. Mm. Um, I grew up in the Eastern part of the city, which was, was pretty much the black part of the city, but Google has moved in all these tech companies. Um, this story is repeating all over the country.
0: Yeah. So if they, um, mm not when you, when you think about what states you want to include in, um, the black state of America movement, right? Yeah. So how much, how much are you, do you only look at this is the difference between the white population and black population. You just look at the sheer numbers and the, the, the closest gaps. Those are the States that you target and start to um, look at as a target for what we could possibly move to, or is that how it works? What?
1: That, that is a very important part of it because like you stated, um, so Mississippi has just under 40% black population mm-hmm. and our goal is, is, is 60%. Right. Some people, some people say fifty-one percent, but but the reality is, fifty-one percent is not above the margin of error when it comes right. to elections. Right. And you got to be above that margin so that there's no question. This is how Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. lost her election in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You got to overwhelm the current white electorate and the the current white voters. So so you got to be at sixty percent. That's the minimum. Right. And once you're at sixty percent, what will happen? white flight will set in because once they know you have control over the government, they're they're not going to stick around. Most of them are not going to stick around. Um, some people, some of them can't afford to move. Some of them will just they they don't have a problem with us. and so they'll they'll be fine to live and exist in our society, but a lot of them are going to move. there there's there's actually a white movement. There's been multiple white movements. There's one in the Northeast. There's one called the Redoubt that's in the northern, really far Midwest, um, just 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 outside of Washington State, where they are moving there in droves and mm-hmm. and pushing up the housing uh, uh, property values, and they they are they are they want an all white area of the country where they just have a white utopia and and it's called the redoubt you can look it up it's how you spell
0: it redoubt like doubt d-o-u-b-t
1: yeah absolutely r-e-d-o-u-b-t there's a bunch of youtube videos about it um but yeah this is this is actually in motion right now as we speak
0: so this is um okay because i was gonna um let me write that down real quick I need to, because I, you know, I went deep cover <laughs> like last year or maybe the year before I don't remember. And I was like, let me, let me figure out what these people are doing, man. So mm-hmm. I made a little Facebook page and I'm like, let me, let's see how deep this thing go. And there's gotcha. some stuff going on, man. Like they got a lot of stuff. What I, what I feel, cause they do this, this massive white zombie training apocalypse. Mm. You, are you familiar with this? Never. Supposedly no. they're training for a zombie apocalypse, right? Okay. They're doing like some super advanced military training. Gotcha. And to me, that's how they that's how they blanket it. They're training right. for a race war. There's no zombie. They're not worried about any zombies. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, these people are buying super advanced weaponry. Gotcha. They're, they're having they they on thousands of acres training all like in different pockets of the country. And they, right. they I forget the name of it, but I just know all I wanted to do was to get the information so that I can. Go forward knowing it i'm saying okay. that um the three percenters are you familiar with that
1: three percenters yes
0: but i'm seeing how they how they move and i'm like okay these are the ones who took over that situation up in um portland i think it was
1: like, okay
0: what was that at when the white people took over that government building was that was that portland or is that seattle one of those cities up that way
1: yeah yeah i remember that that sounds familiar over that's there who
0: those, yeah. those um the three percenters and supposedly you know three percent of the people started the revolutionary war wanted whatever That that's ideology so they're like we're gonna protect Make the sure. nation at all costs so i'm Make like okay sure. so they got the zombie thing going on that they're training for a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and this three percenter thing those to me are the biggest military things that they have going on that i saw now, now, now this redoubt i'm interested in that too because that's seems like they're running up to that same part of the country where a lot of the zombie tr- training is going on at.
1: Uh, So up up there in that Northwest, there was was another movement. I I know Northwest is in the title. The guy was a big YouTuber. He was really advocating for it. If you go on Wikipedia and look up, I want to say secessionist movements in the United States, a lot of them will pop up. um, And that Northwest has always been a a sort of, in their minds, like a white utopia area that they want to Take control over. Um, so like so now now here's what now so there's the other side that's the Hispanic um, uh, mestizo, you know all of these Mexicans who essentially feel like the United States took the southwestern United States away from them Atzlan. Okay. land. They also and I and I've been posting their maps. They have maps where they take over everything west of Texas. All of those states New mexico uh Nevada, California, and essentially reclaim them as a part of of Mexico or South America, however you want to look at it right. um there's a there's a gentleman named black american thirty three on Twitter who he's been promoting this he's got a south he's got a southeastern u s map that he's been promoting for over ten years on twitter um. And, and so so obviously because I'm in the space, I'm connecting with all these people who have similar ideas and and he was on my Twitter space last Saturday um, and he will shout out to that Twitter space Saturdays at 7 pm. Eastern Standard Time, Black State of America. I'm doing a 52 week a full year series of them so, um Christmas Eve don't matter New Year's Eve don't matter apocalypse don't matter mm-hmm. if I if I have access to a phone and I can I can open up the room but we'll chop it up um on Twitter for for this particular topic
0: okay the interesting thing about that on um, what you said about the white flight this is like massive white flight white flight is like white people leaving the city going to the suburbs if they talk about leaving one part of the country going to another that's like the great migration for us but it that's a that's a massive version of it. But yes, with black people uh, concentrating our populations in certain states, that would be the same thing, essentially. So yeah. us us moving to certain parts of the country would create the same type of effect. They will take over and hopefully the black people that are still in those areas would say, oh, OK, I see what's happening and leave, because if they mm-hmm. stay there, it's going to get mm-hmm. real bad It's get worse than it already is for them. Right. So ho- hopefully that makes them say, OK, well, that's my cue. Let me go join my fellow Americans, black Americans in Delaware or in Louisiana or in Arkansas or Georgia or one of these type of states. Because. Um, it's, it's already bad for them in those areas. I, I did uh, my first okay. podcast ever in like. 2016. OK, it was about the election between Trump and Clinton. And right. I was so irritated because they kept on blaming black people for um, Mm. the way that election went. And I'm like, Mm. Black people, first of all, support the elections, the presidential elections at higher rates than pretty much everybody else. But not only that, people don't understand how elections work. They think like what people say on social media, is like an actual vote or something. Mm. I'm like, y'all have to understand that the way you have to win a county, and then that's how votes get counted up by the counties. Black people, for the most part, live in like a few places. We don't live... And as many people, I don't know what people think, but we don't live in as many places as people think we do. So right. I went and did a study, my own personal study on eat pretty much the counties in America. There's like 7,000 counties, almost okay. over 3,000 of them have zero black population, none at all black population, right. zero, right. right? There's like another few thousand with like less than 2% black population. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at where black people live. There's only a few places where we even are. The highest right. county population might have been seventy percent, but it was like spread out. Like one might have been in Mississippi, one in Louisiana. There might have there was like five in Louisiana, mm-hmm. with real high populations, but it was right. like two states with anything over sixty percent. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? One yeah. maybe in Michigan. You know, for, you know, a couple in Georgia. Of course, there's like some almost hundred percent counties in Georgia, but um, then we just don't have the numbers really anywhere because we are spread out and like New York, Miami, even in the big cities where we live at, we're outnumbered in those cities. Right. You know, besides like Detroit and DC, pretty much everywhere else we live, there's massive white populations too. And then coming right. in are the Latino and Hispanic populations. So we really don't even have the numbers pretty much anywhere to win anything except in like three cities in the country. Right. You know, so that's why I like the movement so much. Cause I'm like, if anybody studied the county maps in America, and they saw the racial breakdown at all these maps, they would know that like we don't have the political strength to, to really vote our way into anything. We just have to hope enough white people think the same thing we think, honestly. If they don't, we won't be able to win many elections. So, so we've
1: had we've been trained to be kingmakers. Right. This was a this was a thing that was um a title given to Jim Clyburn, who we have a candidate running against him. Um, shout out to Marcel, who's running against uh, Jim Clyburn. So they 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 called him a kingmaker because until until he stepped out and supported Biden, Biden was failing. He actually was losing, and would have would have had to drop out if not for this boost, this Black South Carol- Carolinian boost. And our our people, for for whatever reason, I'm not sure, um, have had this kingmaker mentality when it comes to politics. Because unfortunately, we believe the federal government has all the power, and 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 this is just like I I I, I hate to say it's political immaturity. I think it's more of an intentional deception. And, and unfortunately, either through ignorance or intentional deception by our Black politicians and our Black leaders to not really explain it to us, to give us this knowledge and understand that it's the state power that we need. We don't need federal power. It doesn't matter what the federal government does, because literally, they can't declare war on the state. They can't stop giving the states money. Um, there's literally nothing they can do to harm a state. They can say they're going to try to harm the state, which that happened during Trump Trump's uh, presidency. And as soon as Biden got in, you had the state of Oklahoma saying, We're not, you know, no, we're not following these mandates. Right now, you got like 30 governors against Biden's mandates, they're all telling them no. Right. You got Florida, DeSantis, who's like literally telling Biden, <laughs> absolutely not. We're going to do the absolute opposite of what mm-hmm. you want. Right. So so clearly the states have the authority. And and so, you know, it's just about education. It's about getting everybody on the same page so we all understand what we should be doing. But when you talked about the electorate and the electoral electoral college that Unfortunately, the Democrats are saying, let's get rid of this, let's get rid of that. Let's put all the power in the hands of the federal government because they believe by taking away states' rights, they can control everything. That will force, they call it a constitutional crisis, but it it really is a civil war. You're setting us up for civil war because those red states are not gonna let the federal government take away their authority. It's just not going to happen. Um, and, and, and when you talked about counties, here's something that I talk about in the book. And I, and I I've been posting it on Twitter from day one is that 20% of the United States has a 95 ish percent white population. It's 20% of the country. If you, if you, if you, Go to 40% and, and and so the difference is there's like one to 2% black population in those states. To get to 40% you're talking about under 4% black populations in 40, that's almost half of the country is super majority white population. Almost half of the country. If we understood even that we, we could count, we would have a much better understanding of presidential politics. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that and, 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 and and in understanding the black belt and knowing that there's probably about eight to 10 states that we can legitimately develop black majorities within about eight to 10 states, roughly. If we just get one, it's revolutionary, it's radical. It changes not just the United States. It really changes the planet. Because the planet really follows black America it it, it we, we set the tone for the planet um, in almost every area and, and especially in our political movements because the civil rights movement sparked um, you know independent movements on the entire continent of Africa all over the African diaspora
0: right.
1: if we can get one black majority state where we say we are in permanent control it'll 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 change the planet i have no doubt about that and delaware is the state that is the easiest it could happen within like a one to two year time frame and that's so that's what that's what i'm working towards is to take over delaware within a one to two year time frame and then move on to the next state, and then the next state, and then the next state.
0: It's a slept on state right there too. I look at those states in that little area right there. I love Maryland, first of all, Maryland, Delaware, PA. Those states and their Black history is very slept on because how white the states are now, especially Delaware is like one of the earliest states that Black people were even going to back in the 1600s, just going to and doing whatever being doctors you know everything they were doing owning land and but it's just I guess not enough blue collar jobs or something so people stop moving there and all you see is people leaving there and just white people going there and doing whatever but it's a definitely a slept on state and Delaware has a lot of black history they even have an HBCU at least one do they have more do you know?
1: They have the one Delaware state university. Yeah. Okay. It's is in Dover in their capital city. Okay. Yep. And maybe even like 70, in,
0: 19, in yeah,
1: 1970, Wilmington, I just, I just posted this last night. Wilmington had a 40% black population in 1970. Wow. And the, that's the main city. That's like their big city. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, they were like really on the, the cliff. If they could have just hung in there a couple more decades, man. Yeah. You know, um, and Mm -hmm. like you said, for whatever reason, they did disperse. But here's the here's the coolest thing about Delaware. Two hours to the south, you're in D.C., you pass through Baltimore two hours to the north. You're in New New York City. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia is literally 15 minutes up the road from Mm -hmm. Wilmington. So you it's a commutable commuter state where you can live and vote in the state of Delaware, but you can work in in Maryland, you can work in New Jersey. There's two bridges that take you to New Jersey. You can work in Philadelphia area. You know, there's places that are with an hour's drive or an hour train ride so that you can feed your family, have a really good high earning potential. There's all types of entertainment and and amenities, sports teams, et cetera. and, and still live in the state of Delaware and still vote in the state of Delaware. It's it's very unique in that
0: sense. I'm sure also, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just guessing based on what I know about Maryland. And I'm sure it's probably cheaper to live in Delaware than it is to live in Maryland too. So you can make That's, that Maryland mm-hmm. money and then live in Delaware maybe.
1: Yeah, so they say Prince Prince County, Maryland is one of the, the, the richest black counties in the country from what I understand. Right. Um, i've n- I've not taken the time to look into that, but I can tell you, once you get to like a hundred thousand dollars in in your home price range, you got a nice house. It may need a little bit of rehab, you got a yard, you got a fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm just and I've just been focusing on Dover, which is a little south of Wilmington mm-hmm. because Dover Dover's in Kent County that county we only need 75,000 black voters to take over that entire county government structure city government and then and then after we get that one the plan is to move north to to the uh Newcastle county which is where uh Wilmington is at
0: yeah yeah that is a good spot i it's definitely if if you say um around 100 can get you that it's definitely cheaper than maryland to live there so yeah I'm, um, I'm behind that plan. So <clears throat> I came into this conversation pretty much knowing a lot of what you were, um, the, the mission that you're on, right? But let's just say you're about to explain it to somebody who has no, let's, the first time they ever heard about it, how would you explain it to them? Um, the black state of America, could you explain it? Yeah, that's a, good, man, that's a really good question.
1: Um, so I guess I, most people understand we went through a great migration to the North much of that migration was fueled by domestic terrorism um, through, through you know, these different white terrorist groups that were really terrorizing our people, murdering our people, and essentially forcing us out of the South because in, in many places like South Carolina, we were already a majority. Um, and, they, and they understand how their country works. They understand that majority rules. Um, and this, this, is, this is just the democratic process. The majority always rules. doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you watch reality TV, people form alliances to become the majority. Once you become the majority, you start voting people off the ship. Um, and that's essentially how, how the United States operates, but it also has state power much like the European Union, if people understand that, that model, it's a bunch of individual countries that came together, said let's form a union and all have the same currency. The United States is essentially that. Um, However, we've been at it much longer. So we have more national cohesion, Um, but each state has its own authority. And and this is the part that if you look at the governor, the governor is the president of that state. He has all power essentially, and actually has command over the national forces. Delaware has an air force base and an army base, I believe. So the governor has control over that force in emergencies, it's not, it's not a force to, to go to war, but, and you being an, an army, uh, a military person, you can understand this as I, as I see it this way. If a black state was under attack, whether foreign or domestic, or, or men and women in the military would have a decision to make. Are they gonna protect the people that they love and care about, or are they gonna remain loyal to a federal system that's attacking them, mm. I believe they're going to want to protect their own people. They are, yes. Um, we take over the every police union, every every uh, sheriff um, that exists across the state. We become the power in the state, and and we've never had that. We'll never have it. The way the way that this country's set up right now, we're going to be a permanent. Tax-paying, uh, bottom-cast—I um, I don't even—I wouldn't even call us a member of the society. And we may end up back enslaved, back in bondage at some point. It may not be a physical enslavement; it certainly will be financial. They—they—it's at the point now. These Hispanics are coming in; they're giving them all these voting rights. Illegals doesn't matter because they want to replace the black vote with the Hispanic vote. Many Hispanics don't consider themselves to be people of color. They, they, they consider themselves to be white. So that, so many of them are going to absorb into white society. They're going to assimilate fully. They vote almost 40% Republican. They don't vote as a block like we do, where it's mm-hmm. like 80%, 90% Democrat. Um, so they're split down, almost down the middle. White people tend to vote like 60% and sometimes 70% Republican. It, it kind of just depends on what area of the country they're in. Um, so the Democrats need the Black vote. We don't need them. We've never really needed them. Mm-hmm. We, what we need to do is really push them away from us so that we can govern ourselves. We can. We can. We've had Black... Americans in every level of government every level of finance every level of every enterprise in this country
0: we got experience do not need them at all. all right so we got experience now the whole I hate that um stereotype that you know if we if we were to get some power or some massive reparations package we just wouldn't know what to do with it all we would buy is jewelry and Jordans or something crazy and I'm just like I don't know what people think about us, but I'm like, when a Black person says that, I'm like, if you got reparations, is that what you would buy with it? So why do you think 10 million or 30 million other people would do that? You might get some people that did it, but even if they did, it's their money to do it with. It is theirs. Even if they did. But for the majority of the time, you see what you see Black people doing. That's why you have so many um, sole proprietorships. Even though that's not a big business, Black people try to start businesses. They might not work out, they might not grow to the point we can hire people, but we at least try it. So if you're saying that you give Black people a bunch of money, you don't think we would use it to try to fund some dream or goal in business that we have? You're just crazy, because that's what we do anyway with a little bit of money. During, yeah.
1: during this pandemic, we've had massive Black business creation. Um. A lot of black businesses are, like you said, single proprietor, sole proprietor businesses. However, the reason that they aren't successful is because they're competing against larger white corporations for the most part. Mm-hmm. If, if you put them into an environment where black is the default, because we are the majority, we are the default. And not only are we the default, but we are intentionally supporting each other we're not running to walmart to get something because it's five cents cheaper right you know we have the state that's backing a black owned grocery chain a black owned uh farmers in the state we we are moving completely differently 180 degrees from this assimilated integrated when when you're assimilated and integrated your mentality is is sick. It's, it, it produces a sickness mm-hmm. within us, unfortunately, because of our long history here where every other population that comes here, they, they didn't suffer what we suffered. They don't have the legacy trauma that we have. So they come in already really with a plan, with a game plan of how they're gonna gain the system. Um, we We need state protection in order to allow our black businesses to thrive and to grow and to develop properly.
0: Yes, this is true. One thing that I like to say, we need, because being like you said, the more, I wouldn't even call it integrated, the more unbalanced the population is not in favor of black people. Let's say you live somewhere and there's 80% white people and there's 15% black, 5% Hispanic. It does something to your mind. Because growing up in Ohio, I thought one way. And I was from a city that we felt like it was a Black city. But when you look at it on paper, it's about 50-50. So it was pretty close. It was about 50-50. Black people kind of, we didn't control it because the mob controlled it. But it felt like a Black city when you're on the Black side of town. But it wasn't at all. But when you come to Atlanta, though, it's a completely different like feeling. Right. It's almost like when I go home, it's culture shock now. Because I'm mm. like, there's white people in Wendy's. What, what are they doing here? You know what I'm saying? You don't even see white, even though there's white people here, black right. people work everywhere. If you right. go in the town hall, city hall in the middle of Atlanta, you see black people everywhere. If you go in mm-hmm. the, the highest floor in Coca-Cola, you'll see black people. If you go anywhere, that's just what you see. You'll see white people too, but you see way more black people. You mm. go, if I go back home, you only see black people shopping all the Mm -hmm. jobs white people have. It's Mm -hmm. weird, you know what I'm saying? So, but coming somewhere where there's majority black, it just changes how you even think about anything. So I'll say that first. Secondly, I want to say to people who are watching this, I said it before and I'm always saying, black people sharing our dollars and circulating our dollars, that's not how we get growth, right? Mm -hmm. Once we establish this black state, then you have Mm -hmm. to do commerce in places that don't only have black dollars because what you, what what everybody else does, and this is how China grew the way it grew like this is because of American consumerism. Mm -hmm. China didn't grow to this mega power in the world because a bunch of Chinese people were shopping with each other. They grew because they sold everything that they had to Americans and then took that money back to China and built everything up there. So that's what we would have to do. If we set up a black state in Delaware first, because that's the, uh, smallest margin that we have, and that's the easiest one that you say, right? Mm-hmm. yep, it needs to be you set up the shelter base. so you want to get place to live all that and you want to find jobs and everything when you go to Philly to work at this company that is going to pay you one hundred and twenty thousand a year or sixty thousand a year or forty thousand a year whatever you have to make sure that you go back take that money from Philly and shop mm-hmm. where you live at in Delaware. Absolutely and spend. So then that's like you taking a. That's like it. So instead of us being in a swimming pool and just picking up a bucket of water and just passing it around, now we're going in our swimming pool. We go in other people's swimming pool and take their water and bring it into ours.
1: That's how mm-hmm. you get a
0: bigger swimming pool. And that, that analogy goes into money. That's the only way you get growth is to bring outside dollars in to what we mm-hmm. have going on. And I don't think a lot of people understand that when they say, all we need is us to just spend our money with each other and we'll get this massive growth. And we, we have the lowest economic standing in the country. So how could us essentially a bunch of poor people sharing money won't make anything happen It'll just be the same money, just being passed around. We need to set up. And this is what they were scared of with the Tulsa thing. Mm. Those companies would have started getting, cause they only been They were only operating a couple of years and they were able to grow that type of thing in Greenwood, Oklahoma and right. they call Black Wall Street. Just imagine mm-hmm. if they would've got 15, 20 years in, and right. they were able to get to see the type of growth that like a Madam C.J. Walker, when she was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, people like that, or you have like um, the Golden State Life Insurance Company out in California, which I found out that a black man started a life insurance company and it got big. Okay. But they, you know, it fell apart because in the, in the 80s, they were like, no, sir, we're gonna stop mm-hmm. this. And, you know, fell apart. But imagine if he would have been able to start getting some type of foothold or where it wasn't looked at as a black business and white people started buying insurance with him. Gotcha. Just imagine how much bigger his company would have gotten if you get a black company and now you got 500,000 black customers, but you got 2 million white customers. Mm. Just imagine how, much, imagine how much more money a company would have had. We, had, we used to have black banks, black insurance companies way right. more black construction we got like five big black construction companies nowadays right. you know and it's like texas and, and georgia got all of it pretty much just imagine how much bigger they would be and even without like forced government contracts those companies might have been out of business also right you know what i mean you had, to, you had literally had to force white people to give black companies money mm. you know so we once we get that black statement i can't wait because uh at least the first one like you said once you get one that will show everybody around the world like this is possible and we can we Absolutely. can do this and this is really the blueprint i hear um Irami, i don't know if you're familiar with irony he used to work with um yvette cardell but um he he talks about just being a blueprint in um athens georgia this is okay. where the university of georgia vet creating a okay. blueprint in that city and then other cities where they what he calls it is there's a substantial population of black people that are very poor around a substantial population of white people that got a bunch of money. Mm. If they can figure out how to get political power in a place like that, that could be a great model for places like Richmond, places like um, R- Richmond, Virginia, places like you know Philadelphia, just places that have a lot of white money, but a lot of okay. black poverty. You know, okay. which is a, that's my city, Youngstown, Ohio. There's the, the owner of the 49ers is from there, you know. Wow the Warner brothers that started in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, okay. So it's like, there's there's white people that are super rich, they're billionaire money. And then there's mm. black people that don't have a hundred dollars. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's half the population. So I, I like the idea of showing a model and then being able to replicate it in other places. Because Absolutely. Still, even with um, Delaware is a small state, geographically, it's just a small place um, right. area wise. Louisiana is much bigger, but they don't have that big of a population either, though. It's not like a massive population there. So it wouldn't be easy it wouldn't be super hard to do the same thing there if black people got on board with the idea
1: if they got on board and and so Mississippi numbers wise on paper is the second lowest state. It only needs a million. And actually, when you go and when you look at registered voters, it's like nine hundred thousand. right. However, as you just said, you got to get the people on board. I've, I've talked to some people who are Southern born raised They've lived in these States. And a lot of them have, have sort of said they're not sure if their people are ready in, in those States like that, where they would come on board with us. So we may have to bring enough population to you know because because they're, they're married to the Democrat party and right. the one, you know the, the thing that we got to learn above all else is that the Democrat Party does not mean us any good. It mm. never has, it never will. Um, they, they, they two birds of the same uh, or two, two wings of the same bird, two-headed snake, whatever mm. you want to call it, two sides of the same coin, they work together to keep us down. Right. there's no question about it um there's there's so much evidence just to, to prove that you know like if, if if we just even look at how they separated the black family took the black father out of the out of the home um essentially tried to put as many of our young black women as dependents on the system put them into government housing, and then slowly but surely over time have destroyed that government housing, created crime dens, pumped, pumped those public housing full of drugs. Okay. We good? Oh, you got to unmute your mic.
0: Man, listen, man. I, I, I hope, cause this is what we're gonna do right now, right? Yeah. I don't even know where I do know where it went out, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to let you uh, do the, you know, say, where well, we can find you and all that. And I'm going to end it. Okay. And hopefully all this stuff is recorded. If not, I need to, we need to reschedule this ASAP because this is something that. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. I, where do you, like you got your podcast. Where is it at? Where,
0: I where post these videos it? on YouTube. I normally do clips, but I feel like I want to just put this whole thing out. I might do clips of it later, but I, I just want people to hear this whole conversation. So this is one that I like do the whole thing. Okay. Awesome. I will put it on YouTube. This might be something I put like audio form on my uh, on my podcast, to nice. on SoundCloud. But um, yeah. Let's just go into um, where we where can we find you at, and um, how can people stay in touch with you to learn more about what you have going on?
1: Okay. Uh, so I'm on Twitter, active as active as I can be, uh, at Gray King Black State. Also blabar.com is a black American social media platform that I founded in 2021 and I really invite any and every black American um whether political or not, um you know you can develop different groups on there when you, when earlier we were talking about ancestry. I, I really would love if if our people would use that site as a place to meet and really really talk about their ancestry, um, because it, it it'd be a great purpose for for that site as well. I post very interesting uh, news stories um, and and things that we really need to be paying attention to on there for the most part, but. It's like a Instagram slash Twitter sort of hybrid type of a, a platform. It's not a um, a vlog or blog or whatever. It's it's an actual platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so find me on blabbar.com, Great King Black State, um, Black State of America, which is where this hat is, and there's some other merchandise on there. And then I started a YouTube channel. It's Black State and then of America. I, I've been trying to get my search quota up, my algorithm up. I've got two videos on there. Um, some of my music is on there as well. Um, but I, I sort of lay out you know uh, the, the Black state of Delaware because that's what we're focused on. even though we have a black state map that encompasses roughly eight states it's very important that we just focus on one and improve that model, which is what we were saying um, um, previously, um, because proving the one, one state works, it, it'll it be a catalyst and it'll be something that our people will repeat. And I, and I really don't believe anyone will be able to stop us once we see it happen. And it's a reality. Um, and so we'll, we'll change our trajectory for the 21st century, if you will. Um, but yeah, Black State of America, you can get the book. You gotta just put Black State of America, Civil Rights 2.0, and then my initials RSLDJ. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's, it's, it's been populating on different uh, book sites online. And there's an e-book and a and a physical paperback version.
0: Perfect, man. I appreciate you for coming on, man. Hopefully, if all of that recorded, man, we, we got us a good show here. <laughs> if it didn't, we definitely got to do this again because, I, you know, we need this. Um, I'm definitely because I saw Blabber, Bar, but I didn't know that that was your. I thought you might have started, it, but I didn't know. But I did go through it. I scrolled through the page. I saw was uh, your stuff. So I'm going to make an account on there, too. And uh, I just appreciate you for coming on, man. We we gonna have to do another one about about Bar specifically itself, too, because that's a whole different topic that we definitely need our own place where we could post and not be shadow banned and stuff like that. Because that is that's some bullcrap. That's the whole point of it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, perfect, man. I appreciate it. We're yeah, gonna, thank we're gonna, you. We're gonna do this again either way because you know we we got to update our convos to match what's going on at the time. Maybe discuss the coming election. Uh, we got some some local, big local stuff coming up. Georgia's governor is being swapped out this year. Uh, David Perdue, the rich guy is talking about making sure Stacey Abrams does not get in there by running against her. So it'll be an interesting race. I think she, I think when you talked about overwhelming the electorate, I think she yeah. did it. So it's going to be real hard for anybody to beat her right now because she put them numbers. She put them numbers like out of reach really.
1: You have a you have a candidate, um, Tamora, to, to and um, I'm
0: she, with her. she's yeah, about she, reparations. I voted for her.
1: Absolutely, man. Big up her. If you get a chance to to talk to her, uh, she's she's a brilliant mind, and uh, I'm sure she would you know uh, certainly be interested in in you know your platform to help get the word out. But certainly, um, if you live in the state of Georgia get in touch with this woman, help her out as much as you can. Um, I, I've donated to her, I've donated to Marcel. I try to help out our people who are up against the machine. You know, it's a machine that's designed to keep us out of it. Mm-hmm. And they need all the help they can get.
0: Yeah, we ha- we almost had a black man in a position. Um, there was two black men running the commission of, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it, it has to do with the environment and utilities pretty much mm. and it's all white all white commission but these two mm-hmm. black men ran one of them actually got to the runoff but he lost though mm. and um i was like damn we really need somebody because these would be the people that would tell georgia power y'all got to stop with this monopoly mm-hmm. but we just can't mm-hmm. get a black person in there but hopefully they um get enough traction going next next time they run Because Georgia Power is running amok down here, man. And the Mm -hmm. Southern Company as a whole, because they got Alabama Power, too. And they got multiple utilities. They run all the gas pipelines all throughout Georgia. Like they, Georgia Power is just doing whatever they want. The Southern Company is doing whatever they want, man. So Mm -hmm. we need certain elected officials that we don't even think about. And they have Mm -hmm. the power to make these um, companies, they have the power to either stop or allow these companies from doing what they want or they allow them to do what they want. Right. And that commission is big, man. But um, mm-hmm. again, I appreciate it. We're going to chop it up again, man. I'm going to start. I'm going to start um, chilling with the fan for New Year's. You enjoy okay. your New Year's and everything like that. Absolutely. You you okay.
1: Peace.